0: Episode 157, a sort of blind bag where you can see the front, and the front is Superman, issue number two. And I'll have some more information about why I know what's in this blind bag in just a moment. When the episode starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the comic book time machine. Welcome all you fellow comic book time travelers. It's me, Ben, Ben Avery, and I have something in my hands that is taking me way back in time to 1986 or around that point in time. Uh, What I have is a blind bag, but it's not really a blind bag. It's a wrapped package uh, with three comics in it. But I already know kind of what's in it, but kind of not. And and here's why. First of all, um, you can see the front. It says Superman. It's number two. It's from February 1987. That's the cover date anyway. And it's uh, the series by John Byrne. And on the cover here, you've got The Secret Revealed. And Lex Luthor is sitting in a high-tech captain's chair at a high-tech computer and the high-tech computer has a high-tech readout that says Clark Kent is Superman. And on the screen is a high-tech imaging system where you can kind of see a picture of a man with glasses and a little S-curve or S-curl, I should say, on his uh, hairline. And um, But it looks like those games you can get now where I, I have them on my iPad and my, my phone where you... uh like it tells you how many squares in the row are supposed to be filled in and how many squares aren't. And so like if there's eight squares across, it'll say one and then it'll say four. And so you know that um you're going to get four in a row somewhere on that row and one by itself somewhere in that row. You got to figure out, you know, which ones you're filling in. That's exactly what this looks like. It is not necessarily a high tech imaging system that Lex Luthor is using here. Now it is high tech in that the screen is uh, easily six foot square, but it's it's huge. So anyway, um, this is issue number two of the um, the the new stuff that happened after Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is post Crisis stuff. This is after uh, John Byrne's Man of Steel six issue mini series, and. This is taking me way back. This is taking me way back because while I never did read that series, I read some issues from that series back then because my English teacher in seventh grade had some comic books that she got from – I I don't remember all the details of the story, but a local barbershop. And I don't know if the barbershop was going out of business or what, but they had comic books for kids. And uh, I think they're going out of business. And she was in Portable 4, I think it was. These are the portable buildings that were outside the uh, regular school building that we would have to go to to get to our class. And she had some comics, and she wrote P4 or P3 or whatever it was on the covers of these comics in Sharpie. Maybe not Sharpie. Maybe it's just a regular marker. But uh, there was a handful of Star Trek comics that she had that at the end of the school year I got to take home with me. And that was very exciting. But I also remember Superman number 1 being one of those comics. Now, I, I, uh, I remember reading that, and I remember reading some other magazines that she had there. She had a, the official Aliens movie magazine. That was actually my introduction to the Aliens franchise was that movie magazine. I don't know why she had that, but, but she did. But anyway... That's one reason why this is taking me back in time, because this is causing me to just get those warm fuzzies of sitting in that classroom. She was my English teacher, and she was one of the most encouraging teachers that I had had up until that point. I had had a lot of encouraging teachers. I had some pretty discouraging teachers too. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. There was one teacher in particular who the only good thing from my time with her was that she only taught uh, Monday through Thursday. And on Friday, Mrs. Barry would come, and Mrs. Barry was one of my favorite teachers of all time. Mrs. Jenkins on those other four days, not so much, but Mrs. Jenkins would read to us. And I do remember having a lot of fun listening to Little House on the Prairie, uh, listening to her read um, Mouse on the Motorcycle, listening to her her read uh, Henry and Ribsy. And then also she was my introduction to C.S. Lewis with the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. So even the worst teacher in the world does have some good uh, influence, I think, (laughs) <laughs> anyway, she did, uh, but that was it, was that she introduced me to C.S. Lewis, something that I have never um, – I, I, there's never been a time in my life when I haven't been reading or wanting to read or thinking about or talking about C.S. Lewis. Like it's just it, – C.S. Lewis has followed me through my life ever since third grade because of her. Anyway, uh, back to junior high. Uh, That's one reason why this just takes me back in time. But the other reason why is that this is a sealed blind bag. It's sealed. It's original. I mean this is the original thing. It is from then. It is from 1986 or 87. I'm imagining that it was probably packaged uh, in 87 – Uh, I don't know exactly what is in here other than the one that I'm looking at, which is Superman number two. I also have another hint. And that is, if you look at this packaging, uh, I might as well just describe it to you. First of all, there's a card that is inside the, the, um, shrink wrap that uh, gives it a little bit more height and gives you the peg hole. Now this never actually went onto a peg. The, the, uh, shrink wrap is not pierced where the peg hole is, but this, um, cardboard card, goes up and so what what peaks up above the comic books if you're looking at it from the front you can see Batman Wonder Woman Superman and it's in house kind of uh that um licensed artwork that you would see on different products like notebooks and pencils and and that sort of thing and two little starburst things one says three comics and the other says free trading cards so three comics and free trading cards are in here Then you turn it around to the back, and on the back of that card that sticks up above, you've got the barcode for scanning. It says $2.25 value in one Starburst. It says on another Starburst, for kids of all ages. On another Starburst, it says, your favorite heroes. Eight free trading cards, collect all 48. And then it says, three consecutive issues. And finally, up top there, it says uh, three comics, four, and that's above a little uh, white box that is empty where you can put your price tag, which they did. And it was – this this is valued at $2.25 on the packaging, but then they also made sure to put the price tag that says $2.25. Cover price of Superman number two here is $0.75. I'm assuming that all three have the same cover price. Which, if you add it all up, you are getting three comic books at $0.75 each for a whopping discount of 0%. (laughs) Now, granted, there are also eight free trading cards inside. I have a feeling, though, I haven't opened this up yet, but I have a feeling that the trading cards are actually going to be something you cut out of this cardboard piece uh, that is in, in the packaging. But anyway, this is uh, – it's got tight packaging, so you wouldn't be able to like – on on a looser package, you can kind of use your fingernail to kind of uh, see a little bit of the inside of what, what you're looking at. You can't see that. However, on the back side of this, you can see the third comic, not the cover, not the front cover anyway, but the back cover. The back cover is – and those of you who read comics in the 80s, for me anyway, this is, uh, again, just hitting all the nostalgia moments here. But uh, it's an M&M's ad, and it's the one where you have a peanut jumping into a pool of of chocolate. And then when he gets out, he's going to take a shower in that uh, whatever makes the hard shell on him. <laughs> um, and I just remember that from some of my G.I. Joe comics and I think from some of my Star Wars comics. But anyway, yes. So 1986. And... You know, i've I've got a. I've actually been doing some cleaning, and and I actually found uh, a couple more uh, rainy day blind bags that I had put away. And and as I was kind of going through my office and cleaning up some of the things on my desk, I I found them, and I intended to do, uh, you know, a, an unbag unbagging. I guess I don't know what you would call it, but um, uh, an episode with those. And then I got this, and I thought, nope, this is happening first for sure. This is exciting because it's it's original. Now, uh, I'm just going to throw in there. This actually is a gift from my friend Steve, who is a co-host on Strangers and Aliens. He sent me some comics that go along with the Marvel's Cosmic Comics, uh, Doctor Who uh, some John Carter and some Godzilla comics. And, and so that's fun. And I'm I'm excited about that. But this is the most exciting thing for me because this is not just, hey, random comics that got thrown into bags here in the modern day or modern comics that got put in these bags here in the modern day. This is from back in the day, as they say. Now, what I'm curious about when I open this, I'm guessing that I am not getting issue one, two and three. I'm guessing and I'm actually kind of playing that game that I was talking about where I know it's going to be three issues that are consecutive. I also know that one of those issues is number two, but I'm guessing I'm going to be getting issue number two, three, and four. That's my guess. Now, what I'm going to do, as I do with all Blind Bag uh, episodes, is I'm going to open it here on mic right now. And honestly, if I had a YouTube channel thing that I was you know, really actually doing things for, I might consider – doing a live video on YouTube. I know I've done a couple swamp thing kind of things, uh, live on Facebook, but, um, instead I'm just going to open it live here on the microphone and you can't see, but I will describe. (laughs) Uh, and then I will play a sounder. And after I play that sounder, I will come back from, uh, having read these issues. And so I might be back today. I might be back in an hour or I might be back in uh, a couple days. Um, maybe, I don't know how much time is going to pass in between, but what I'm going to do right now is open this up. Although I feel a little, almost guilty opening it up. I mean, it's like opening uh, an historical document or, or opening up some sort of archeological find, you know, like I'm opening up a, the pyramid to see, uh, you know, who's in the tomb beneath. Like, am I desecrating uh, a burial spot or am I, am I stepping into a a historical moment, you know? And, um, bottom line is, you know, there's no reason not to open it really. (laughs) I mean, it was made to be opened. And if I don't open it, what am I going to do? Try and sell it to someone who will also not open it or sell to someone who will open it. I mean, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to open it. I'm going to read it and I'm going to hopefully enjoy it. Cause I do remember issue number one of this series. I also read, um, I have not read the man of steel, Issues 1 through 6, although maybe I should go ahead and do that because it goes along with this. But during that time period, I did read The World of Krypton, The World of Smallville, and The World of Metropolis. I read those series. Now, the only series that I had all four issues of that I was able to get off of the newsstand was World of Krypton – and I really enjoyed those. In fact, that year, for some reason, I kind of went on this interesting Superman kick um, around that time was Superman four. And I had the I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I didn't see the movie until a couple of years after it had come out but I did read the comic book and I had the comic book from the newsstand and I bought all four issues of world of Krypton off of the newsstand. I only got the first issue of world of Smallville and world of Metropolis off of the newsstand. And I don't know exactly. I don't remember the circumstances if I didn't care about them a lot or, or what, but those were also part of John Burns reinvention of Superman after uh, the crisis. And so I'm kind of excited to to get these out to to read them, kind of get into that '80s early Superman stuff when after they had reinvented him. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and again, I feel like I'm I'm desecrating something by doing this, uh, but you know, for some reason I don't know why Steve never actually opened this. I should ask him why he never got around to opening this, and you know, did he? I don't know the story behind this. I I need to find out from him what is the story. I need to uh ask him did did he buy this off the newsstand? Was this a gift for him that he just never got around to opening or is this something that came in like a eBay lot that he bought, you know, as an adult or or what? I maybe uh between now and when I come back after having read these, I will I'll come back with with some answers to that too. Like why didn't he open them? When? You know, clearly he's giving it to me here, and I am opening it. So <clears throat> the uh, plastic has given me a little trouble here. There is no hole or anywhere to gain purchase. So to, there we go. Um, another thing, maybe I should have done is check to see, like, what's the what's the going price on something like this that's unopened and still in that original packaging. But I, I, I don't know. This is just bringing back. Those memories of those blind bags I used to get when I was a kid. I didn't get that many of them, but I did get a handful and they were I, I love them. OK, so I got the plastic off Superman 2 is on top. I pulled that away and it is indeed Superman number three, which is part of the Legends crossover. And then there is Superman number four. I knew it because my guess is that these were overstock that happened because they had printed so many copies of issue number one. And they weren't sure how to enti- anticipate how many copies of issues number two, three, and four they actually needed. And so these were were overstocked that maybe even didn't get delivered anywhere. And also, remember the, the, the uh, eight trading cards that I mentioned? They are indeed uh, – you have to cut them up. You have to cut them off of this uh, cardboard piece that was was uh, giving some um, support to the issues inside and so there's eight of them. It's interesting selection, though. It's uh, Detective Comics number one cover reprint, Justice League of America number 31 reprint of that cover. There's Eclipso, hero and villain in one man. There's Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow, Wonder Girl, Superman, and Aquaman, which is kind of cool. Hey, I, I mean, he's one of my favorites, you know. Superman, is, uh, this is card number one. Well, that's funny, <laughs> the cards aren't even consecutive, so they're random cards, but they are totally not random because they are printed onto this thing. Card number one, Superman, born on the planet Krypton and rocketed to Earth as an infant, young kal grew up to attain incredible powers under his new planet's environment. Resolving to use these abilities for the good of mankind, he became Superman, Earth's greatest and most famous hero. Card number three is Aquaman, ruler of the seven seas and monarch of the fabled Atlantis. Aquaman can breathe underwater and swim at speeds greater than 100 miles per hour. His greatest ability is the power to communicate telepathically with all the denizens of the sea. Instantly, he can mobilize an army of electric eels or command an entire school of whales. Card number five now is green arrow world's greatest archer. Green arrow is a tracker in an urban jungle. He employs a great variety of specially designed arrows, each with its own specific function. Some explode on contact. Others release smoke or knockout gas. He uses his skills as a marksman to hunt down criminals everywhere. Number 12 is Wonder Girl. Donna Troy was found by Wonder Woman in a burning house and taken to Paradise Island to be raised by the Amazons. Donna studied their fighting techniques, their lore, and their love of peace. She soon returned home with the special skills she learned there. The power to glide on air currents, deflect bullets with her bracelets, and wield her lasso as Wonder Girl, member of the Teen Titans. Martian Manhunter is card number 17, an interplanetary experiment gone awry, stranded Martian detective John Johns, on Earth, or John Jones, I guess. Uh, here he uses his skills to fight crime on our world. As the Martian Manhunter, he can fly, wield great strength, become invisible, and walk through walls. He can even transform himself into any creature and acquire his own characteristics and abilities. So those cards are all labeled great heroes. And then card number 28 and 34 are labeled great moments in comics. Justice League of America. In Justice League of America number thirty-one, the Thanagarian detective Hawkman joined the greatest band of heroic adventures adventurers on Earth. In Riddle of the Runaway Room, he and his cohorts fought an alien menace that sent the Justice League's head- Justice League's headquarters, the Secret Sanctuary, hurtling off into outer space. And then Detective Comics number twenty-seven, not number one. Its first appearance of Batman, but it's it's number twenty-seven. In Detective Comics number twenty-seven, the Batman made his world premiere. Stocking the skyscrapers of Gotham City, Bruce Wayne masquerading as the Cape Crusader, donned his cowl for the first time to crack the case of the Chemical Syndicate. And then finally, there's great villains. And this is actually, it's funny, because uh, card number one and 48 are both here, and you're collecting all 48 of them. Eclipso, hero and villain in one man, a superhumanly powerful and savage hand-to-hand combatant. Eclipso's greatest weapon is his black diamond, actually some sort of alien meteorite. Held to his eclipsed eye, it fires a frigid beam of impenetrable black light. Held to his uneclipsed eye, it projects a beam of destructive, laser-like light. And that is the only great villain of this series here. So, interesting, kind of cool. But the main event is the comics. And so here's what we get. I told you about the cover of issue number two. The back cover has that Forgotten Realms advertisement and flipping through there's a advertisement for cinder and ash There's advertisement for captain power there's an advertisement for four uh, nintendo games by tato Uh, elevator action the legend of cage arkanoid and renegade these are all man these ads just take me back even (laughs) back to the comics i read back in that time Uh, superman Number three is a crossover with legends. It's chapter 17 of legends on the cover. You've got dark side, uh, giant dark side, holding up Superman by the Cape. And it says, Oh, deadly dark side. And again, on the back is forgotten realms. And there's a full page green arrow by Mike Grell advertisement. Um, two freak months of DC comics, that ad, Oh, this is when Next Generation was coming out. Six-issue miniseries, Space: The Final Frontier. It's a new Enterprise with a new crew, but the thirst for adventure remains. And like I said, this is this is that time when I was collecting uh, Star Trek comic books as well. Great new gifts for the coming season. There's a trade paperback of Batman: Son of the Demon. There's a trade paperback of The Man of Steel with a John Byrne story in it, and the greatest Superman stories ever told hardcover for 1995. Nice and the other thing i find interesting about this is that uh the story unfortunately while these issues are consecutive the story is to be continued in the adventures of superman on sale in one week so i have a feeling that uh, my number 4 here isn't going to take off from the end of number 3 but maybe it will i don't know there's the uh oh the advertisement for the legends crossovers don't miss these exciting stories Shazam Legends and Justice League of America the final chapter. It's got um ad for the Joe Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphics and yeah, okay. Well, hey, I'm going to read these right now and this is fun. This is this is my kind of time machine right here. A time machine that was wrapped in shrink wrap and I want to say thank you to Steve right now in case I don't get a chance to uh talk to him between now and when I come back after reading these, but I do want to find out what it was that made him not open this up. And, um, yeah, but I'm going to be giving these a read. We'll see what we get. I'm going to play that sounder right now. When I come back, some time will have passed again. This is kind of the idea of a podcast time machine. I hit go stop. You don't know how long is in between them. But I'll probably tell you so you will know. Never mind. I'm going to play the sounder right now, though, anyway. And I'm back. I've read these three comics. And the big question that I plan to answer as I talk about these three comics that I've read, Superman number two, three and four, is does it make me want to go back and read more? And. We'll get to that answer. We'll get to that answer. But first, the interesting thing about these three comics is that these three comics were placed in the packaging that I was given because it was three comics in a row, three consecutive issues, your favorite heroes for kids of all ages. Uh, So let's let's talk about the the hype on here. First of all, the hype was uh, 225 value. Was this a 225 value for me? Well, I got them for free. So the value for me was there but if it had only been 225 and I spent that in today's money then yes yes this was a 225 value Your favorite heroes the blurb proudly declares and I would say yes uh inside these three comics was actually a very uh a great version of one of my favorite heroes superman uh this i like this superman and i like the way this clark kent works and i like the way the superman acts and looks so yes so far so good eight free trading cards collect all 48 um there you know i've already talked about how you have to cut the trading cards out and that's to me that's not I mean, these aren't cards. This is, you know, you have to you have to cut it if you have to if you have to work at it, then no. no. For kids of all ages, uh, that's where I would kind of I'd be a little hesitant. I don't know how interested I would have been in these comics other than just knowing the fact that they're comic books about Superman. Maybe that would have been enough for me if I was like a little kid. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know about that because of also this other this last bit where it says three consecutive issues now it's a little bit smaller than these other uh little burst clouds that are declaring these things on this backing card but uh for kids of all ages maybe but then the three consecutive this is where it gets confusing if i had been a kid and i would gotten two three and four i would have expected these stories to go along together or at least be in a um, an order that would make sense the problem is with issue number two you're kind of jumping right in the middle of of something there which isn't the worst thing in the world and then uh, but then it kind of ends here on a cliffhanger that sends uh, you, you anticipate that in the next issue that uh, it's going to be continued there unfortunately what you're going to get in the next issue is actually a legend the legends crossover it's chapter 17 of a whole nother story <laughs> and has nothing to do with the other like it, it, they don't flow together at all at all in fact it ends and it says to be continued in the adventures of superman on sale in one week and uh <laughs> then issue number four is more or less a standalone issue but if you're a kid and you're getting you get handed this and these are issues that aren't even on the newsstand right now but instead are kind of back issues uh this is not super satisfying and and that's the one problem I had with this is you know this actually felt more like a random blind bag or grab bag than than you know three issue arc. It's definitely not a three issue arc. Now what you do get are three different stories then one i guess number 2 is is more or less self-contained but the idea behind issue number 2 is that lex luthor is trying to find out what superman's secret identity is and in doing so they're also um sending out some um things to go and try and trap superman um metallo is in there and and lex luthor this is a great lex luthor issue where he is just an awful human being and he's doing really bad things um, he sends people after lana and he sends people after Clark Kent's parents. Um the computer gives the uh answer to Superman's secret identity and you know Lex Luthor this is where you get a great beat for Lex Luthor and I'm going to go ahead and spoil the end of this issue. Uh the thing I like the best about this issue is this ending because it is one of those things where it's kind of a really, you know, <laughs> and, uh but then you you kind of go with it. You kind of go with it and you kind of have to go with it, but the whole thing and the cover gives it away. The cover, like I said before, has the, the, the computers revealing that Clark Kent is Superman. It says the secret is revealed, but the last few pages, Lex Luthor gets that answer from the computer. And, um, There's a woman he's working with who says, oh, my goodness, that would never have occurred to me. And yet, given the body of evidence, it's so logical, so flawlessly logical. And this is where the humanity of Lex Luthor kind of gets in the way of of logic. And he just says, logical. Is it to a machine, perhaps? Yes, a soulless machine might make that deduction, but not Lex Luthor. I know better. I know that no man with the power of Superman would ever pretend to be A mere human power is to be constantly exploited. Such power is to be used. And she says, but if the data was reliable and he says, you have failed me. This conclusion is utterly useless. Remove it from my computers at once and then remove yourself. I have no place in my organization for people who cannot see the obvious. And it's a nice, ironic little note to end on. Is it a little bit ridiculous? Yes, but it does help get past that obvious answer of who Superman is. And uh, it takes Lex Luthor off, off the scent, uh, so to speak. And it's not that Lex Luthor is too stupid to recognize it. It's, it's that Lex Luthor has too much pride and arrogance to recognize that this is a possible thing. Because if he had that power, he would never... Hide it under a bushel, so to speak. Hide it the way that Superman is hiding it, like like uh, hiding it as Clark Kent. Interestingly enough, I also re, uh, recently read Daredevil the Man Without Fear, number 181, and that's the uh, issue where Elektra dies. And Bullseye, the, the whole comic is done from the point of view of Bullseye. He figures out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil and takes this information to Kingpin and he he gives that all to kingpin and kingpin says you can stop now and then he says but that is the most preposterous story i've ever heard and a pathetic ploy on your part to convince me to reinstate you as my chief assassin and kingpin just won't accept it um not too long after that bullseye goes to daredevil's place daredevil has actually set up a dummy at his desk um, and, and so when Bullseye gets attacked by Daredevil in Matt Murdock's apartment, Bullseye just takes it at face value that that dummy at his desk is indeed Matt Murdock and not um, a dummy. So anyway, the lengths we go to in superhero comics and movies to uh, protect those secret identities. Meanwhile, Superman, the crossover with legends which i do want to read the entire legends thing that's something that i would love to try to do and it's on uh, dc universe app and so i might i might even go ahead and, and give that a shot sometime but this one it it's uh superman gets zapped to apocalypse and he has as clark kent and uh gets dismissed by dark side almost immediately because he's just this human um and then Superman runs around and does some stuff around Apocalypse to help them out and fights a cool Kirby-esque robot that's really kind of cool look, kind of cool battle going on. It was fun to see Burn channel Kirby as he's doing the Apocalypse stuff here. And it ends with Superman falling into a pit of, of fire, one of the, well, not a pit of fire, and actually it's called the Fire Pits, uh, and it's a cliffhanger. As Darkseid has seen it happen and laughs. And we'll see what happens in the next issue. But not of this series. Poor child who purchased this. Or was given this by their unsuspecting mother or father or grandmother or whatever. Um, they are going to be then thrown into a Christmas uh, story. It's Christmas time. And you've got blood sport running around. And this uh, issue is actually a really strong done in one kind of a thing it has ties and links still to uh the whole lex luthor plot going on of trying to take down superman but you've got this guy who is trying to get revenge or or vengeance uh for his brother his brother went to vietnam his brother lost his arms and legs in vietnam and uh this is a great Jimmy Olsen story because Jimmy Olsen figures out the bad guy's secret identity and then is able to figure out um, what's going on with that bad guy as far as the reason that he's on this rampage is because uh, of wanting vengeance for his brother. So Jimmy finds the brother and that's kind of how He gets defeated. He gets defeated with uh, Superman doing the fighting and Jimmy doing the uh, personal detecting and going around like a detective and finding this other person. And and it's this really strong conclusion to the story. It's an anti-war story in some ways. Uh, But then also, I I guess I'm just going to spoil this as well, but um, Bloodsport was a draft dodger and his brother went in his place and took his identity, actually. So he would go. Uh, to the war and uh, and and blood sport wouldn't get in trouble for skipping the country to, to do that but then of course his brother was wounded very badly and yeah it's it's a really strong story and so as as ripped off as i would have felt as a child and as a little bit disappointed as i felt even as an adult where i realized oh, i'm not getting three issues in a row that's going to be you know three done in ones or a a long story arc or something like that so you get a middle chapter of that legends thing but uh with the blood sport he plays for keeps issue which i think that the title of i can't tell the title of the story is superman's pal jimmy olsen or if it's Bloodsport. Because uh, on the splash page. Where it has all the credits. It actually has in the uh, traditional. Comic book logo. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Like from that old comic book. But then. Um, as Jimmy Olsen is talking to Superman. He says there's a madman on loose Superman. A cannon slinging lunatic. Who calls himself Bloodsport. And that's done in a nice big font. As, as they might do. When the title is actually part of the dialogue. And so yeah i'm i'm not sure which one the title is and right now i i don't have time to really look and see on like mike's amazing world or something like that but it is uh a showcase for jimmy olsen as well and that's that's kind of nice and superman has to figure out how i going to stop this guy with his weapons and what's the guy's powers and it turns out the, the guy has the power to transport weapons into his hands and like a star trek transporter and they, they figure out how to take care of that and stop his power from happening and then then that's an easy an easy fix as far as taking down the bad guy because he is just a regular human other than that but like i said bottom line this story is a good story these comics are good comics and now getting back to the crucial question and and i've kind of danced around the question a little bit or i've i've kind of implied the question there's been been times when i stated it outright when i talk about these these uh blind bags so to speak even though this wasn't technically a blind bag although it kind of was and uh did end up with a little bit of a random feel to it as far as these three comics being three different stories and and one being the middle chapter of that legends thing but the question is does it make me want to read more from any of this uh, these issues and and i guess Uh, You know, in a blind bag, it'd be three or four different series that I'd be looking at a sampling of. This is a sampling of uh, two different things. Uh, One is Legends. And I already talked about how I just in general before already wanted to, to maybe go and see about this crossover, this Legends crossover. I really like crossovers if I'm able to get like the whole thing and take a look at it. For example, Secret Wars 2. I am a unapologetic fan of Secret Wars 2 because it gives this interesting cross-section of Marvel Comics in that time period and you get this cross-section of X-Men, of Daredevil of Power Man and Iron Fist, of Rom Space Knight and then you also have this linking story that goes along with it and I think that that's kind of a similar thing with Legends. I might be wrong about that, but it, it seems like it would be that kind of thing. So I've already mentioned that I would like to visit that anyway. And here I just read one chapter out of that thing that I'd like to revisit or not revisit. I've never been there before that I'd like to visit sometime. But the other thing that this made me do is it really made me excited about Superman, specifically about this Superman, the Superman that happened after the crisis and the John Byrne Superman. And I mentioned before I read, you know, world of smallville and i'd read world of of krypton and i'd read world of of metropolis and reading these three issues made me want to go and and do that again and read kind of that just that what was the crisis origin story back then you know the the post-crisis origin story i should say and it made me want to read world of, of krypton smallville and metropolis and man of steel and and maybe even get into some of the john byrne superman i don't know where i would take it to i don't know where i would stop um an easy stopping point would be the end of the man of steel miniseries but this this was exciting and fun and i enjoyed it you know i like john byrne i've read some of his fantastic four i've read now some of his uh namor i've read this you know i've come across him in a lot of different places um even star trek you know i mean he he has he's done some star trek things and so as a creator i like him already I, I wouldn't call myself a huge john byrne fan it's not that i seek him out but when i do come across him i enjoy it i enjoy what i read uh and this might be uh, not might be i think this is going to make me dig out some stuff and read some stuff on dc universe app uh, at least while i still have the subscription uh, i'm not sure how long i'm going to hang on to that but yeah uh man this was fun this was fun so with that said steve steve mcdonald from strangers and aliens podcast with me uh thank you very much this was a fun fun little piece of that uh care package you sent to me and evan and so i want to thank you for that and i also have just recently acquired a handful more of of those uh grab bags classic vintage grad bags now i've been on ebay looking around at some of these and they are expensive when you're looking at like the vintage ones that i actually would have gotten like in the early 80s that were distributed by whitman and had reprints of comic books that whitman whitman actually reprinted that were dc and marvel books and yeah it's those are prohibitively expensive but i also found some some ebay uh lots that had some really interesting themes to them um and so I, I might even do some unboxing of them on, on YouTube. And like the first half of this episode where I unwrapped it and everything and talked about what it was, I, I've considered doing that on YouTube. I don't know if anyone would even care if I did that. But it, on, this, on the other hand, it wouldn't take that much more work to do it that way. I mean, I'm doing the episode anyway. I'm talking about what I'm opening anyway. And then it just instead of um, doing the the sounder like I do here and then coming back, having read that the YouTube or the video portion would just be done there. And then I would just um, use both that portion and the portion like I'm doing right now where I've read them uh, that would have then be edited into an audio podcast. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have set up the YouTube channel though, uh, which yeah. So I, I, I might do that. Might not. Who knows? Who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So anyway, I do want to say thank you for listening. Uh, Once again, thank you to Steve McDonald for making this episode possible. Really appreciate it. That's a fun thing for a podcaster like me, especially when it's a fun thing like this, where I get to uh, um, just scratch that love language of mine of of gifts. You know, so, um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's this episode. And so I'm not sure what's happening next on the feed Because there's a lot going on with all the different things and things are getting recorded out of order. So I guess until next time, I hope that you are reading what you like and liking what you read. And until next time, Godspeed.